Shelves are getting emptier again. Inflation continues to climb higher. But that hasn't stopped the confidence of people with money to spend. A recent consumer confidence survey shows the reversal of a recent trend. People are ready to buy again. Homes, cars, fridges, you name it. This latest report indicates that people will spend a lot on big-ticket purchases over the next three months. And this can only be called surprising. Things had been trending downward since July. This new consumer confidence wasn't expected by experts. What's more, nearly half of respondents intend to take a vacation sometime in the next six months. The highest percentages since before the pandemic. You can only learn so much, though, from a survey, but one thing seems pretty clear. On the whole, people are feeling better about the future, at least for now. But there's only one hope that will never disappoint us, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we are in a series called Come Unto Me. Oh, they're just kids being kids. I'm sure you've said something like that at least once in your life. And though that is no excuse for bad behavior, kids in our world hold a special place in our hearts. We want to protect them. We want to see them grow strong and become grown-up adults. But that wasn't necessarily the case in the first century. Children were viewed as a burden in society. But Jesus saw them another way. Time and again, Jesus taught us how special children were to him and used their simple faith as an example to the rest of us. And in a moment, we're going to the Gospel of Matthew to better understand why Jesus loved children so much. But before we get to that great story, let me say thank you to everyone who's reached out to us over the last couple of weeks and asked for a copy of the chosen TV show, Seasons 1 and 2. We've been overwhelmed with the response and your generosity towards this ministry. And if you haven't seen it yet, then let me tell you, both seasons helped you better understand showing the lives of people who knew Jesus from their perspective. What was Peter the fisherman like in his day-to-day life? How did Matthew deal with being a hated tax collector? What was it like for Mary Magdalene before her demons were exorcised by Jesus? These are the stories that Dallas Jenkins wanted to share so we could better understand the great story that's all about Jesus. I caught up with Dallas, and he shared with me that the concept for his TV series came from a short film he made a few years back, looking at the life of the shepherds who met Jesus when he was born. I had done other short films and vignettes for my church in the past, and the idea was always stories from the Gospels, but from a different perspective. So same story, but through the eyes of maybe someone different that we don't normally focus on when we do movies or miniseries about Jesus. And so this one was the, the, the birth of Christ from the perspective of the shepherds. And we see what their day might have been like earlier and, and what their lives were like, the historical context, the cultural context, little artistic imagination about maybe the inner workings of this group of shepherds, all leading towards their encounter with the birth of Christ. And while I was making it, I realized you know, there's, there's been movies and miniseries about the life of Christ, but there's never actually been a multi-season show where you can really dig into the stories and into the details even more than you can when you're doing a movie and you're just going quickly from miracle to miracle and Bible verse to Bible verse. 
And so many people, when they saw the short, were so moved by seeing the birth of Christ through, uh, through the eyes of, of those who actually met him. Mm-hmm. And when you see a movie, oftentimes Jesus is the main character and you're not really able to connect with the people around him. And so I just thought that was a really interesting possibility. And that short film, very long story short, ended up being the catalyst for and the fundraiser for this this uh, season one of, of what turned out to be The Chosen. That's the creator of the TV show called The Chosen, Dallas Jenkins. After this program, I want to give you an opportunity to get both seasons one and two on DVD for your minimum gift of support to Haven Today. Let me say that this is a great way to remind yourself of the story of Jesus, or better yet, to introduce someone else to Christ's story for the first time. So call us after the program, and the number you can call is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or better, go to our website and watch some of the excerpts from the show that we've put up, and then make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And if you already have Season 1 and you just want Season 2, let us know that when you get in touch. And now let's open the program with Brenton Brown and Jesus Take All of Me. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou biddest me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, though tossed about with all my conflicts, all my doubts, fightings and fears within, without a lamb of God, I come, I come. Jesus, take over.
Take all of me, just as I am here in this haven today, coming to me. One of my old pastors used to repeat something in his sermons that's stayed with me to this day. Jesus didn't come for the winners. He came for the least, the lowest, the lost, and the dead. In Christ's kingdom, it's good to be a loser. And that's something I've had to come to grips with, and maybe you as well. Children, in Jesus' day, were not loved the way they are in our Western society. They were often looked on as a burden, maybe even useless, unproductive members of society, but not to Jesus. Time and again, Jesus taught us how special children were to him. And it reminds me of a scene from The Chosen, directed by Dallas Jenkins, Jesus leading a group of children in a discussion. But what does the Lord say in the law of Moses? about justice and vengeance. Vengeance is mine. Yes, very good. Very good. Boys, pay attention. She doesn't even go to Torah class, huh? (laughs) The Lord loves justice. But maybe it is not ours to handle. And God says he will have compassion on his people when... What? Let's see if someone who studies this at school is learning, huh? When their strength is gone? Yes, very good. So, maybe we let God provide the justice. Hmm? Maybe we handle these things in a different way. Not trying to be the strongest all the time. Even Messiah? You will have to see. But do not expect Messiah to arrive in Jerusalem on a tall horse carrying weapons. And he will be most pleased with those of you who are the peacemakers. This is my reason for being here. I still don't understand. What is your reason for being here? I'm telling you this because even though you are children and the elders in your life have lived longer, many times adults need the faith of children. And if you hold on to this faith, Really tightly. 
Someday soon, you will understand all of what I am saying to you. A scene from The Chosen, a dramatized retelling of the amazing story of Christ. He was talking to children, reminding them how special they were to him, how important it was that they had faith. And then he revealed who he truly was to them. He put Isaiah 61 in his own mouth, identifying himself as the fulfillment of that wonderful verse, proclaiming good news to the poor, setting the captives free, binding up the brokenhearted. Jesus loved children because they show us exactly how we should be when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. It reminds me of a story from the Gospels, a time when Jesus' disciples got it wrong. It's found in Matthew 19, verses 13 to 16. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray over them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and don't hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher or rabbi, what good thing must I do to find eternal life? When Jesus says, come unto me, he says, come like a child. And he says, bring the kids on. Let the children come to me. Children were so special to Jesus. And there's so much that could be said about this little passage in Matthew. But I want to focus on the hands. Yes, the hands. In the four verses that I just read, there are three ways hands are used. First, by the disciples. As these people were bringing their little children to be blessed by Christ, Matthew tells us that the disciples rebuked them, and then Jesus scolded them for hindering the little children. That word hindering has to do with standing in the way, physically preventing a person from doing something. The disciples were using their very hands to push these children away, to keep them away from the Lord. In their mind, Jesus was just too important for the children. They were burdensome. What could they have to offer? They had no money. They had no skills. So the disciples thought they were protecting Jesus' time and energy. They thought they were doing him a service by preventing these children from invading his space. And how wrong they were. And how wrong are we when we try to do this as well? Are there people you subtly push away from the Lord? Maybe you think they don't deserve to hear the good news. Maybe you're like Jonah and you get angry when you hear that those people are Christian or that person came to the Lord. The problem with the disciples was that they didn't realize they were just as useless to Christ as the children they were pushing away. The disciples needed his grace and mercy just as much as the children they forgot that they were supposed to be like children. It's something we can all forget, wouldn't you say? The gospel and the kingdom of the Lord is not for grown-ups. It's for children who can't do it by themselves. And that brings me to a second way hands are used in this story coming from Matthew 19. This story about children being pushed away by the disciples leads right into another story, the story of the rich young ruler. This is not an accident. Matthew knew what he was doing. The story of the rich young ruler is about a young man who thinks he has what it takes to get into the kingdom, but by himself. He's got a lot in his hands, and he's ready to use his hands to get to work. What must I do to inherit eternal life? He came to Jesus, 
not as a sinner or a child in need of grace, but as a fully capable grown-up wanting to know what was on his to-do list. There was no question for him whether he'd be able to do it. Oh, he had money, and he was young with much energy. He had political and social connections. Whatever needed to get done, he could get it done. It's an assumption so many make today. We think that if we just do enough of the good things, or one really good thing, the Lord will accept us and welcome us into his kingdom. How many of us are spending our days making sure we don't step out of line because we're afraid the Lord will hold it against us if we do? That unless we stay on the right path, the Lord doesn't love us or won't accept us. It is so easy to live our lives this way and yet impossible at the same time. Changing our behavior doesn't do anything for our hearts, does it? You could cut off my hands, and I will never steal again. But you can't stop me from coveting. And that's essentially what Jesus told the rich young ruler that day. It's not about what you do. It's about your heart. You need to get rid of this stuff in your hands. You need to empty yourself of your self-confidence. And you need to come to me like a child, not a grown-up. And that brings me to a third way hands are used, by the children. Children don't have money, they take money. Children don't have capable hands to help, they receive help. In other words, children come into life with empty hands, hands that need help, hands that can only take. It's these hands that Jesus blesses. He said the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. He doesn't say the kingdom belongs to children, as if simply being a child is all it takes to be saved. He says it belongs to people who behave like children. It belongs to those who come with empty hands, ready to receive help and grace and his mercy. Remember Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus in John chapter 3? Who is it that will enter the kingdom of God? It isn't the grown-up, the fully capable, the one who knows everything about the Bible. It's the person who enters the kingdom exactly as they entered this world, by birth, new birth, by the power of the Spirit. The Lord calls us unto himself, but he calls us as children. So we have to ask ourselves, what have we been doing with our hands? Have we been so full of self-importance that we think we can push others away? Like the disciples, have we tried to determine who can come to Jesus and who cannot? Or are we like the rich young ruler, so full of self-confidence that we just want to know what we need to do to be saved? Are we using our hands to try to earn our way into the Lord's presence? Or, like a child, are we coming to the Lord with empty hands? The only way any of us can be saved, by coming in this last way, understanding that the Lord has done everything for us. He lived for us. He suffered for us. He died for us and rose again for us. All we have to do is put our hands out, empty hands, yet full of faith hands, and receive his grace. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible, it tells me so. To him belong They are weak 
But he is strong. Jesus Medley, Jesus Loves Me and Tis So Sweet by Avalon. I'm Charles Morris here with Haven Today. 
Earlier, we heard a scene where Jesus was talking with children. Some of it came out of the Bible, but the rest of that scene is holy imagination to help us better understand what that moment in time could have really been like. And you'll find this to be true when you watch the Chosen TV series. Using the Bible and the context and the culture of the day, we find ourselves better understanding how people like Peter or Nicodemus saw and heard Jesus. It's eye-opening, and as Dallas Jenkins, the show's creator, told me, it'll cause you to go to the Gospels and read them in a fresh new way. So for your generous gift to this listener-supported ministry, I'd like to send you The Chosen, Seasons 1 and 2 on DVD. Call us right now at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go watch the interview that I shot with Dallas not long ago at haventoday.org. And after you've done that, you can make your gift online. Our website, once again, is haventoday.org. And here we are at the end of the month, October. May I invite you to become part of our team? Would you join me in becoming a Haven partner? That's someone who agrees to pray regularly and give automatically monthly to keep sharing Jesus so that more will come as a little child with open hands. Just ask about becoming a Haven partner when you call us or read about it when you go online. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share together the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. For some kids, it's what nightmares are made of. Team sports on the playground. You know the scene. Two captains taking turns picking their team, and every kid is hoping for one thing, not to be the last one picked. Aren't you grateful God isn't like that? He doesn't choose people because of their skills or talents, but He does choose them. As Jesus said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So he wants you to know, one, you were wanted. Two, it wasn't because you're so great, but because he is. And three, you were chosen for a purpose, to produce lasting fruit. Get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit getanchor.com.